0: Welcome to the Body Electric Podcast, episode 8 for August 6, 2015. Today's guest is one of my favorite bassists, Ross McIntyre. Thanks to his enormous repertoire, versatility on electric and upright, and his superb musicianship, he's worked with just about everybody, including Matt Dusk, Emily Claire Barlow, Shannon Butcher, and many, many, many more. His record, Green Edge Sky, Green Edge Sun, is a collaboration with pianist Mark Keyswetter and shows two brilliant performers at their peaks with a deep musical connection. If you'd like to come out and hear some music, I'll be performing solo at Motel uh, the next two Thursdays. That's uh, 10.30 p.m. and it's at 12.35 Queen Street West. And then I'm off to the West Coast for a tour with um, the drummer Morgan Childs and the saxophone player David French uh, beginning on the 16th of August. Uh, My website is NathanHiltz.com and my Twitter handle is at NateHiltz, N-A-T-E-H-I-L-T-Z. Thanks and I hope you enjoy the podcast. Hey Ross. Hey Nathan. How are you, man? Good man. How you doing? Very good. Good. Welcome to my mess of an apartment.
1: Oh, it's quaint. It's uh-huh. and it has lots of personality. Ah. Yeah. Just like just like me. Exactly. <laughs> nice <laughs> man.
0: All right. So, how's the summer been going?
1: Summer's good. Yeah. Uh, you know, work, family, all that kind of stuff. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Cool. And um, and have you been having enough time to like work on the bass and that kind of thing, or you just been so busy running around gigging that?
1: Yeah, well, um, work was a little slower uh, in in the spring, and so I uh, I I definitely took advantage of that and Mm -hmm. uh, and practiced much more than I usually do. So, Mm. um, you know, you kind of come. Practicing comes and goes in waves, right? Like you, there's a period of time where you practice a ton and then like this is great and you're so inspired and then you know life kind of happens you're like oh I'll practice you know twice as long tomorrow and then and, and then you know mm-hmm. you just get out of the habit of it so that's kind of where I'm at now. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. I, You know I feel like uh, there's a certain kind of thing
0: I get from lots of gigs, mm-hmm. there's another thing I get from lots of practicing Yeah. but too much of
1: one thing and then I just feel I, I lose something you know? Yeah exactly you yeah. Know? Yeah, actually, I was on a gig the other day, and I was thinking, ah, I gotta start practicing again because <laughs> some of my uh, my licks weren't coming out right. Yeah, so, you know, totally. Yeah. Well, we had a really fun gig on Monday night. We with certainly Whitney. did. We certainly yeah, did. Yeah. Some really nice moments there. Yeah, absolutely, and yeah. it was a it was a quiet night at the Rex, which was you know not great monetarily, but you know really great you know artistically. You know, mm. we were. You got some really nice ballads happening, and, and mm. people were really paying attention. It was uh, it was a nice night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do
0: you find that makes a,
1: a big difference for you, um,
0: an audience, a listening audience?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah no, I love it. Um, uh, I mean, it, it's okay playing to uh, a, a bunch of rowdy people too. Mm. Uh, but uh, but for the kind of gig that we did the other day, you know, without drums, and it was it's it's the kind of thing where the, where if people are listening, they pick up on the subtleties and the subtleties are what makes... Uh, that particular band, what it is, you know, because mm. uh, you and Whitney wrote some really beautiful songs. So Aww, yeah, man. thank you. Yeah, thank no, absolutely. You. That's such a cool project. Yeah. Um, and uh, and yeah, and and, and people uh, people picked up on on the subtleties and appreciated them. so Yeah, yeah it was nice.
0: What's What's kind of a, what would be the dream gig for you like you played like lots of big festivals and lots of touring over Europe and all that stuff and mm-hmm. and uh, But you also I can go hear you at gate 403, right, you know from time to time yeah. So where's kind of where do you really get the best thing going on?
1: Well, um? Yeah, that's a good question. I um, I mean, I, I enjoy sp- playing the small clubs and the festivals You know, I love going on tour, but I also love you know, Being at home, you know, and Mm. too too much of one or the other, kind of, you know, will get to me. There was a time when I was doing a a lot of touring, and I would just I would be away for, you know, months at a time, and Mm. uh, and especially now with a with a with a little kid at home, you know, yeah, too too much touring would be a bad thing, but you know, I also love seeing the world and blah blah blah. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, Mm. yeah.
0: So um, tell me about your sound on the bass. Like, are you are you trying to sound a certain way? Is there something that you're aimed at? You're reaching for, or are you just kind of driven by a love of music? And whoever you've become is just
1: who you become. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, it, it depends on the gig, really. You know, um, last night I was playing with a, uh, with a band called Red Hot Rambo. I was filling in for Jack Zyrowski. Um and uh, and that's a, a New Orleans type of type of thing. And bass playing down in New Orleans, like they have the gut strings, and they're, you know there's a, there's a sound that they get, you know, especially that type of music that uh, and I don't really have my bass set up that way, but I was doing what I could to try and emulate that sound, and so I had a really good time trying to do that you know mm-hmm. um, I've been playing a lot of classical music lately and and, uh, um, and and trying to get a good sound with the bow is a whole other ball game, you know mm-hmm. and, and, and it's something that uh, that that you're constantly working on, you know mm. yeah yeah so so i mean it, it absolutely depends on the gig and i just mm. try and uh, try and try and fit into each gig as appropriately as i can right so your process has been to have work and then try to fulfill that need and exactly so, that, so really your work is what's formed you as a player exactly right. yeah yeah so much so that, that when i have my own gig i kind of get you know <laughs> i i trip myself i'm like oh what am I supposed to do here you, right. <laughs> you know What's who am I yeah exactly who am oh, I? I know wow. who I am uh in uh in relation to other people but like when I'm trying to do my own thing it's it's uh it's a little more difficult for me right and what what
0: is your own thing I don't know you <laughs> you've got a record with, uh, with Marquis Sweater right yeah
1: is that the first one that you've had your name on the front um no I, I've had my name on the on the front of other ones but it's still other people's projects you know um, and and they'll be kind enough to put my name on on the front cover, right? Right. You right. Know? I see. But the, but this is uh, th- that came about just from you know Mark Mark and I play together a lot. We really enjoy playing with each other, and uh, and, and we said, hey, uh, let's do an album. Mm. You know, it'll be cheap and easy. <laughs> you know, right. let's just go and record some some standards and 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 uh, you know, slap it on a CD and uh, and make tons of money from it. And of course, it didn't. It doesn't work out like that. You know. <laughs> um, Instead of you know just going to the studio and calling tunes, we rehearsed and rehearsed for for months and brainstormed all sorts of different songs and then came up with arrangements and mm. you know I like this one but this one 's similar, but so we can 't do we have to choose one or the other and blah 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 you know and mm-hmm. uh, oh, but it ended up turning into a really fun project and mm. yeah, yeah so you did you enjoy that like i mean it 's a very
0: different experience than being a sideman on mm-hmm. on a, on a on a recording session,
1: absolutely, yeah. E- even being a, like a 50/50 collaboration w- was a different, uh, different thing for me. Because usually, when I'm in the studio, um, I, I just uh, like I'll, I'll offer my uh, uh, my opinions when it comes to certain songs or whatever. But usually, I uh, I defer to the expertise of the producer or the uh, or the artist or, or or whoever you know. So I'm just trying to trying to figure out what they want and then do that. But mm-hmm. when you're, you know. Trying to figure out what you want to do—it's a little bit different.
0: Mm, that's actually good advice for for budding side men out there. Right. Keep your mouth shut. Yeah, yeah, exactly, know, exactly. You know, until spoken to it, or asked. That's know. right. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, you and Mark must have gotten to know each other a lot better in you know over that course of time making that record. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. and and we're still really good friends. Oh, good. That. Yeah, exactly. Good to hear. Yeah. Good to hear. Yeah. yeah. Actually, just re- remarking the other day that it's been a, a couple weeks since we've played with each other, which is a really long stretch for Aww, us. It's like know? a bromance. Yeah, it is. It is totally a bromance. Sweet. You know? Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh,
0: let's, uh, let's play some music. Let's do it. Yeah.
1: What are we going to play? Well, this is an Oscar Pettiford tune that uh, bass players all over the world know and love called Trickettism. Are you a big uh, Pettiford fan? Uh, I think as much as anybody else, I listened to him a lot when I was younger, and then kind of got away from him. But every time I go back and listen to him, it's uh, yeah. I'm reminded of what a great bass player he was.
0: Great, yeah, great. Yeah. Uh, any intro, or we're we gonna go straight in?
1: Let's go. Let's go straight in.
0: All right, yeah. sweet. One, two, one, two, three. Oh, <laughs> I kept on thinking about trying to come in on the head, but no, no, not gonna do it. Yeah, cool. um, is that a hard head on the
1: bass? Uh, it actually sits really well. Like oh. it's very obviously written by a bass player. Right. You know, it's still, it's still tricky, and there's a few little things mm. uh, that that'll trip you up. But, uh, but yeah, no, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely a bass player song. Mm. You know, mm. yeah. I, no, I find when you
0: play the bass, I can hear every note. That's something I really like about playing with you. Like. Uh, your lines have the character of horn lines, I mean, and I can really, it's all distinguishable and clear, I mean, um, can you talk about the challenges of playing bebop-type lines on, on an instrument like the bass?
1: Right. Uh, well, thank you, um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's just, uh, the, the kind of bass players who I enjoy and the kind of bass players that I listen to play with that kind of articulation, you know, and there's many different schools of thought when it comes to playing the bass, um, I, I, uh. I came up listening to uh, um, Ray Brown a lot, and you know Chris McBride is, is still one of my favorites, um, and, uh, and and yeah, and th- those kind of guys, Paul Chambers, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, and and they had a kind of a horn-like approach to soloing on the bass. Scott LaFaro, of course, was you know uh, one of the greatest. Um, so, uh, um, but yeah, there's a lot of other bass players who. who um, see the the function of a bass less as a horn and more as a like, like uh, uh like a rhythm instrument more more like drums rather than mm-hmm. you know rather than a horn and so and they and they and they play it like that, which is great you mm-hmm. know and it's really cool, but the kind of thing that I like is is like I really enjoy the uh, the melodic solo lines mm-hmm. you know? mm-hmm. cool yeah and um so when did you start getting into uh playing
0: this style of music like playing jazz music well um
1: I would say high school. Um, uh, I've always enjoyed music. I started playing piano when I was four. Uh, played guitar for a little while. You know, I wanted to be in a rock band when I was, when I was in grade school, but um, um, but the rock band that um, I wanted to join already had two guitars, so they needed a bass player, so that's why I started playing the bass. Uh, and then uh, I went to a arts High School in Mississauga. Uh, Cotha Park and um, uh, and when I got there that's when I was kind of introduced to 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 jazz mm. um, uh, there's a, a lot of the students there were, were really into it the older students were really into jazz and so I kind of you know I, I started to check it out because of them really mm. you know, yeah, yeah the, the schools are
0: a wonderful environment for that
1: I mean to you know, gives
0: you a scene, and you know people that you can look up to, and other people to play with, and teachers there
1: to guide you. I mean, mm-hmm. that's an amazing thing that we have that in our schools. You know, absolutely. I'm I'm definitely a product of the uh, of the jazz education system. Mm. You know, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Introduced to it in high school, and played in all the jazz bands, and you mm-hmm. know, and then went to university for it, and then made it. Tried to make a career out of it. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So,
1: are you, uh, are you kind of a transcriber guy, or are you uh,
0: play along with the record guy, or...? Um, What's been your approach
1: Yeah. Well, I did a lot of transcribing when I was uh, in school and, 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 and right out of school. And then, you know, it's such a time-consuming thing that I don't really do it much anymore, but yeah. Um, but I'll play along with... Uh, if there's a solo that I particularly like, or certain sections of that solo, and I want to I wanna learn it, then, yeah, I'll, I, I, don't think I'll, I won't write it down. I'll just, you know i'll learn it mm-hmm. you know yeah. mm-hmm. and did that um
0: did that experience you think uh, contribute to your ears because you're someone that I, I don't think anything gets past when you're playing with them uh, or was that something that you had i mean you said you started
1: piano really young mm-hmm. did your ears get turned on at that age or was it more yeah more i was always i was always playing by ear when i was younger and i would get frustrated by uh playing classical music being con- confined to the notes that are written on the page you know i always tried to change it. Like, mm-hmm. sorry, Mo- sorry Mozart, you know, that's yeah. okay, but if you thought of this... You know. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> um, and uh, but, but I think playing jazz is, is, is all about listening. I mean, it's, it's a conversation.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, and if you're not listening, then you're not engaged in the conversation. If you're not reacting, then you're not engaged in the conversation. So um, um, so, so as far as lifting goes, like, that's, you know, it's, it, it's a good thing to do but I'm always lifting like when I'm on the bandstand I'm listening to what other people are playing and, and, and if there's a something that I particularly like that they did I'll try and you know try and remember it you know mm-hmm. and, and work it out into into um, you know into my solos or my you know walking lines or something you mm-hmm. know um, or at least uh, you know react to it uh, in, in the moment so, right. Yeah.
0: Right. Interesting. Yeah. That's very old school of you. I suppose, Actually, like on the bandstand, right? Learning on the bandstand. That's right. Mean, we do. Yeah. 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 Very cool.
1: Yeah. No, that's that's. I mean, that's where all the fun is had. You know. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, playing with other people is the best thing about playing jazz music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Mm-hmm. And um,
0: also, your time feel is is really great. <laughs> it's <laughs> really great. It really is great. Uh, so is that is that something you've like learned through your relationships with drummers then, mm-hmm. or?
1: A lot of it, yeah. Um, a, a lot of it is just, uh, right from the beginning of, of, of playing jazz, it was hammered into my head that being a bass player is, uh, that your primary function is, is as a timekeeper, you know. And it doesn't matter about anything else. You can be the best soloist in the world, but if you can't play good quarter notes, then, you know, then you're not going to work, and you're not going to be successful, and nobody's going to want to play with you, and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Um, it was actually uh, Pat Collins that... Uh, that, that that hammered that into my head. I started studying with him when I was in grade nine. You know, so right? He, uh
0: Was his wife your music teacher? She was. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So oh, that's what's her name again? Sherry. 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 Right. Sherry Collins. Sherry Collins.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Great. Yeah. So she. Uh, yeah. In grade nine, she's like, "Oh, yeah, you should study with my husband." I said, "Okay," and I did, and I studied with him for eh, three or four years. You know, mm-hmm. and, uh, and and yeah, he was a huge influence on me uh, uh, right right from the beginning. And and yeah, and, and we would talk at length about uh, about time feel and. Um, and really get into the nitty-gritty of it you know talk about uh, like each individual note as like like a bubble you know like there's a beginning middle and end to each quarter note you know um and uh and, and yeah and you have to dig in you have to you know mm. yeah playing on top of the beat versus playing in the middle or behind the beat all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. you know yeah. and how did, how did you work on that on the bass well i think just listening to the greats and how and and their Uh, their time feel and trying to to emulate that Um, Mm. you know because you can you can talk about it all you want but until you hear how it's supposed to sound how Ray Brown's quarter notes Mm. you know sound and then try and make you try and make your quarter notes sound like that Mm -hmm. how would you characterize Ray
0: Brown's uh, feel I know we're talking about something yeah yeah but you know it's a podcast (laughs) yeah well I
1: mean (laughs) yeah how how do you describe? i mean I guess it's it's a little bit on top of the beat, and it always feels like it's falling forward a little bit, which is wonderful, you right, know yeah, it never speeds up or slows down, but it's just like you know it, it's uh Always makes
0: you want to play as a soloist. Like when you play with someone like that, I mean, I've never played with Gray Brown, obviously, but it makes you want to take another chorus every time. Right. You're just like, you know what I mean? The, yeah. the music's just alive, and
1: you just want to keep going. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. There's a, yeah. There's definitely an energy to uh, mm. to to his quarter notes, and 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 you know, and same with Christian McBride, of course, because he, you know, he's uh, the, the protege. Mm-hmm. And, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so uh so so that's the kind of time field that I like listening to and so that's the kind of time field that i that I try to you know try to play with but mm-hmm. uh, but um it, it comes back to jazz being a collaborative thing if the drummers not playing uh not putting the quarter notes there then you know you you've got to move with them you know yeah so um yeah yeah, so I'll play differently depending on which drummer I, I mm-hmm. I'm playing with on you know, on any given night, you know. Right. And you can know.
0: you find a comfort zone with someone that has a very different conception
1: than you or Yeah, it it, it takes it takes a minute to adjust and go, "Oh, okay, that's that's what's happening now." Um and then you're you have to be conscious of it. Like, um, okay, he's playing behind the beat. All right, uh, uh all right, we'll do that. <laughs> you know. Right. Right. Um so uh yeah, and, and and people play different fe- feels differently too. Like a, a bossa nova is different with drummer A versus drummer B, it, mm-hmm. or, or pianist, or guitarist, or horn player, or whatever. Everybody has a time feel, and uh, and you have to adjust to it. Mm. Yeah.
0: Hmm. I've asked this question to other people that have come on the podcast. I didn't mean to point over there. Mm-hmm. Um, is um, wh- where do you get your best expression on a gig? Like, is there a band that you play with that you're like, you know, I'm going to. This is where I'm gonna really be able to say what I mean.
1: Oh you know? yeah, cool. That's. <laughs> um, I'm sure there's many bands that you love playing with. There, there are with, many but, bands. Uh, As there one in
0: particular that you know.
1: Well, you know, I just because I play with Marquis Waters so much that uh, um, I find whenever we uh, we play with each other, we're right in each other's head. You know, um, and, uh, yeah, and, and yeah, and yeah, that the clearest expression. That's that's the exact right phrase. Um, because he, he understands where I'm coming from I understand where he's coming from and because we're both uh, we both play with a lot of a, a lot of singers we both kind of have that s- same you know uh, accompaniment uh, accompanying singers mindset you know mm-hmm. and and so we're we're listening to them and reacting to what they're going to do but we're still reacting to each other and mm-hmm. yeah so so I think that's that's the the uh the person who we like I have the most uh you know, kinship with him just because, yeah, you know, mm. we've played together so much. But I mean, there's a lot of other people that uh, that I feel really comfortable playing with. Yourself included, of course. We, right. we, we find each, find each other on the sa- on the same bandstand quite often, mm-hmm. and, uh, and and. You know, I feel like we we got a thing, too. Yeah, you know? <laughs> totally,
0: totally. I feel like I can go any direction with you, and you're, you're yeah. going to catch it, and you always feed me lots of ideas, and, yeah. you know, it's totally easy. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's well, fun. I, and, well, likewise, it's, it's I feel the same way. it's easy and hard, too, actually. Oh, okay. Because, like, you know, when, when someone doesn't have as good ears as you, it's easy to sort of just coast. You know, uh-huh. I can't coast when I'm with you. Right. i got to really make sure I'm listening and make sure I'm thinking about the time. Yeah, Like yeah. uh it can be scary comping for you because I know you know where you are.
1: Oh, right. You <laughs> know what I mean? Yeah well, <laughs> not always. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. That's funny when when you kind of get tripped up as as a bass as a bassist, you know, soloing without without the drums there. It's easy to, you know, drop an eighth note here or there and and you know, mm. yeah. But it's okay. It's Who fine. Cares? Yeah. With yeah, yeah. an eighth yeah. note between friends. Yeah. Totally.
0: Yeah. Totally. <laughs> total. Uh, um, well, one of my favorite things that you do on the bass, and I think this is unique to you, mm-hmm. uh, is you slap your bass around mm-hmm. a lot, like you make a lot of percussion on your bass, and in, in a variety of different grooves and, you know, contexts, so, uh, can you talk about developing that, and like, are, is that something you're still working on, or?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, there's, there's some guys who do it really well, um, uh, there's a guy named Renault, uh, Garcia Fons who lives in... In, in France, who's just taken it to a whole other level? Like he's, you know, better than most drummers. You know, just w- with you know slapping or uh, like tapping and you know thumping on his bass. Um, but uh, the the great thing about the, the upright bass is that it's uh, you can do all these things with. It. There's so many different sounds that you can get out of it. You know. Um, Just uh, and like even as a percussive instrument, you can get a like a a low kick drum kind of sound. You can get a high like snare drum type of type of sound hitting the strings versus hitting any part of the bass sounds completely different. And um, uh, and it's all it's all kind of cool. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Do Do you care to demonstrate any of that? Sure. Yeah. 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 Um.
0: Because it's it's really amazing And, and you know. The the crowds love it too. I mean, not to not to denigrate it in any way, but people like really are. I mean, people love rhythm. They just love to, you know, feel rhythm. You know, and when you do that, I just everybody just starts moving and grooving. You know, it's great. Well, a
1: a lot of times I'm playing, you know, like like funk or R and B grooves without a drummer. You know, Mm -hmm. so uh, um, so if you can add a backbeat or something, then you know it helps. George Cole is really great at it. I've stolen a lot of stuff from him just oh, really? watching George play. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no way. Yeah. Okay. He, he did this thing where he, he um, uh, kind of... What's is it that? You know? okay. so be, he did that the once. Body, like, oh, that's the... so cool. So between the, the fingerboard and the body, he yeah. just... You know. Um, yeah. So I was like, oh, i got to steal that. And I have since stolen it and used it on many different occasions. So, cool. George, if you're listening. Thanks, man. <laughs> uh-huh. Nice. nice. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, so... So if you kind of thump the back, you get a lower sound, and if you hit the side, it's a much higher sound. You know that that, that kind of thing. If you keep um, doing that, I'll start dropping in verse. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, um, and then you can kind of, if you hit the hit the front, um, it, it's uh, you, you can play a bass line and still like do the thumping thing. So. That sort of thing, and right. yeah, all these different sounds you can get out of the bass. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Wow.
0: Man. And that comes through on your your, your pickup. Is it kind of yeah. the microphone pickup that you use?
1: Yeah. yeah just uh, it's a, um, um, what's it the the realist, and, and, and it seems to pick it up because it's actually uh, touching the body, so it, hear, it hears it. I mean, it sounds better if you if you have a good mic on the hand, on the mm-hmm. on the bass, of course. But uh, but yeah, no, it certainly works. Cool. Yeah. Well, um, I'd say uh, we could play another tune. Let's do it. I'm just going to tune my guitar
0: for a second here. Alright. The uh, weather has been really bad on my intonation. <laughs> Lack
1: of practicing has been bad on mine. Oh. Yeah, you need
0: some frets on that thing, yeah. man. <laughs> <That's it. laughs>
1: okay. So, uh, what do you feel like? Um. Yeah. Oh, geez, I don't know. I should have should have thought about this before. You want to do something Latin? Yeah. 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 Right. Uh, sure. Yeah, what's it?
0: What's it? Um, do you like, uh, hmm, do you like Wave or Samba d'Orpheus? Wave or is good. Like I was or actually something? thinking of Wave. Were you thinking of Wave? Let's yeah. do that. Yeah. You want to do the melody? No. No? <laughs> okay. <laughs> you can go ahead. All right, I'll do the melody. All right. Sounds good.
2: Yeah.
0: Sure, yeah. Start it off anywhere you feel. That's a good one. Ed Bickert did that, right? With uh, Don Thompson, I think they did that. Okay. They had a version of that. Yeah. I think they did uh these slash chords on the bridge where it was like right. G minor, then like, or sorry, yeah, G yeah, minor but then it's like, C7 over B flat. That's right.
1: Yeah. Well, that's how it's written in the in the real book. And just, I don't know. I, <laughs> I always, whenever I get to the bridge, I think, oh, are we gonna do those slash chords thing? Then I just end up just you know, two five to F, then two five to. E flat. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I
0: feel like inversions in the bass actually met, can mess me up pretty hard yeah. sometimes. Yeah, you know?
1: Like, yeah, it's just such an atypical thing to do that it's you know that I I generally don't. But yeah, I'm pretty sure the the original is uh, is mm-hmm. with those uh, slash chords. Mm-hmm. So,
0: oh well, <laughs> it's cool.
1: Yeah. Um. So I put out
0: the, the question to the internet. Yes. Uh, I, well, I said. To the internet, I'm like, well, we've had lots of listeners. Uh-huh. You know, we've had two thousand listens. That's great. Least, you know, which is cool, mm-hmm. and in tons of countries too. It's bizarre. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was all bragging about it. And I'm like, okay, everybody, you're all into this. Uh, let's ask a question for Ross. And I think we got all of one. One question. question. But yeah. I'm going to go on the internet right now and just look. I put out the last minute ask to to see if anyone wanted to ask a question. So let's check it out here. Uh oh and it's just likes people just like likes. it oh, okay. people just like like that I'm asking them for a question well, but they don't in fact want to ask a question yeah
1: well that's that's nice that they like it uh, it's okay. <laughs> it's
0: okay. okay so this is from Andy Mack thank you for your question Andy you are the very first question on the podcast so you are you know what you win a prize yeah so, I don't know <laughs> all right so Here's what he says since you mentioned usa and russia i have a question for ross ross is obviously a very talented player who could have made a career anywhere he decided uh were there ever opportunities or temptations to move that career somewhere else and can you talk, talk specifically about your experiences of being a musician in canada
1: excellent question nice all right well um, there were opportunities and temptations to move uh, specifically to Los Angeles, uh, I have a friend who who lives out there uh, named Sarah Gazarek, who's a wonderful singer. She's, if you have a chance to check her out, please do. She's fantastic, um, and uh... Um, yeah, she was saying you should move down to LA. I was like, I should move down to LA, and <coughs> you know, I would be her bass player if I moved in, if I moved down there. So I was kind of walking in to you know, I wouldn't be going there cold. I would have at least one gig, and. Uh, um but then I didn't, So, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and the reason for that is, um, well, I like it here. I like Canada, you know, um, mm-hmm. and my family's here and I'm, I'm, I'm very close to, to everyone in my family. Um, and uh, after I graduated from U of T, I, uh, I, I just kind of hit the ground running and and, and always had a, a pretty steady stream of gigs, um, so there was no real monetary reason to to, to leave that, you know, and s- mm-hmm. start fresh. Um, it could have been a, a monetary reason not to do it, right? Yeah, well, In a exactly. Way, that's yeah, that's always deterred me. Yeah, exactly. Um, hear all these horror stories about people moving down to New York, whatever, and you know, um, like, I mean, a lot of people go down with grants, so it makes it makes it easier, and you know, so you don't have to worry about money, and you get inspired, and blah blah blah. Which is great um and that's something I regret doing i i I wish i um, went down to New York to spend a little bit of time immersing myself in uh in the in the scene there but um but yeah i I was never seriously tempted um to move away from Toronto, just because I, I love the scene here. You know, uh, I like how diverse it is. You know, uh, you can go out and hear some some world class jazz, and then you go out and hear some some R and B. Uh, like <laughs> classical stuff is amazing. Like the best. Uh, the, well, I well, who I think is the best classical bass player lives lived in Toronto. He lives in Ottawa now. Um, Joel Corrington, who's just you know, he's, he's he's very very good. Um, and so, so I, I'm constantly inspired by, uh, by the Toronto scene and the Canadian scene, and, uh, um, yeah. So that's, I guess that's kind of. So that's your. That's why. That's yeah, why I, that's I stayed. That's why you stayed. stayed. Yeah, and 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 I, and I don't regret it. You know, I, I um, and, and the the political situation in Canada has a lot to do with it. Too. <laughs> you know, I like, uh, um. I I like how great music is in the States, but there's a lot of things that I don't like about the States that Mm -hmm. would make me not want to live there. Mm -hmm.
0: Totally. You know, and I always tell younger players that if you can go to New York when you're young, that that's a really good idea before you have all those gigs and and all those kind of uh, roots put down. Exactly. If you can like do your underground in New York, I always think that that's a really great idea because then you get in on the ground floor and you have this community. Yeah. And if you're going to get in there, I think you know it's gonna happen. That's right. If yeah. it's gonna happen, it's gonna happen. That would be an ideal way to do it. Absolutely. Yeah. When you start getting over thirty and stuff, I start to feel like, oh man, am I, I'm gonna go just be totally broke again. And yeah.
1: Like, uh, well, fortunately, I, I had a bit of an opportunity to do that. I, I went down to Boston to study at Berkeley when I was I was seventeen. So oh, uh, really, you know, uh, and that was an amazing experience. Um, just because you're around, you're around other like minded. Uh, kids from around the world, you know, mm. and, uh, and and you get to see where the bar is set for for <laughs> you know mm-hmm. for kids around your age doing what you're doing, and uh, and, and and that was uh, one of the most inspirational experiences of my uh, of my young career. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. So so the guys who go down to New York um, and, and do undergraduates or even postgraduate work down there, I mean they they. Um, they get that experience, but even more so, you mm-hmm. know. So yeah, it's a good, it's a good shot. I think it's a good thing to do. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah, yeah. But being a bass player in Toronto is funny because like the bass players we have here are absolutely unbelievable. It's I crazy. Mean, yeah. I, mean, I could rhyme off like fifteen or twenty like world class bass players right now. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and apparently it's not like that in other cities. You know, <laughs> there's like two or three bass players and that's it. But mm-hmm. here in Toronto, there's just there's just so many, and you know they're all they're all great a great bunch of people totally. and, uh, yeah. and, and they all have their own thing and it's really cool so. and uh, what, what would your advice be to someone
0: thinking about picking up the bass like a young or a young bassist is thinking about getting into jazz and, mm-hmm. and performing and stuff do you have any advice for young players what do you tell them
1: well well I mean it's it's uh, it's a great life you know it's 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 um, it's really interesting you know every day is brings a new adventure you know mm-hmm. um a lot of people complain about you know, you know how, how little money there is in music. But um, you know, if if you're honest about it and you know and you work hard, then you can become successful as you know. Yeah. And and, and, it, and it's it's that way for for anything you know, mm-hmm. um, uh, any career that you want to go into you know, but uh, I don't know. It seems like the the people who've gone in music didn't really have a choice in it. Like. Um, might sound a little esoteric or whatever but like music kinda chooses chooses you you know mm-hmm. and you, you just kinda have to you have to do it like you don't have any other choice I can't imagine doing anything else because mm. you know this is what I love and this is at the end of my life I wanna look back on it and say yeah you know I'm, I'm mm-hmm. glad I did that you know mm-hmm. and, and as it stands right now I, I like I can say that I'm, I'm glad I chose this, uh, this path and this life that's so, great. Yeah. That's great. And uh, what do you got coming up? Like, do you have any exciting gigs that uh,
0: you want to let people know about?
1: Oh, anything. Um... Uh... Well, uh it's all it's all posted on my website, rossmcintyre.com. Really? It is. Yeah. I didn't know you have a website. I do. Well, oh I need gosh. to update I it should and have I will do research this no. before having you all as a guest on my show. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. That's okay. Yeah, there's a rossmcintyre.com that I um I usually keep it up to date. Right now it's it's unfortunately not, but uh yeah, you know, I'm a month behind a month. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'll uh, uh you know, I promise I'll I'll put I'll put the gigs up. Um but uh yeah, no I I never really know what what I'm doing coming up? You know, I know what I'm doing today and tomorrow, and then after that, I'm kind of like, oh, I, I think I have stuff, but mm-hmm. uh, um, yeah. yeah, I find a lot of stuff gets booked a week out, two yeah. weeks out, you
0: know, yeah. which is kind of scary when you look a month ahead. Yeah, like, uh, <laughs> yeah, oh no. What am I doing in September? I know. I, <laughs> I always
1: say that to my wife. like, oh, my God, I have no kids, I'm going to have to start handing out applications yeah. to McDonald's. And yeah. uh, she's like, no, you say this every month and yeah. it'll be fine. And then I, and, and I'm like, no, they, that's not true. Then she goes, well, look, look back at the uh, previous months. And I do. And, uh, and they're all you know, more or less full. So I was mm-hmm. like, oh, OK. So it always kind of mm. fills up. And it's right. fine. Yeah, It's good.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and oh, I just, just for fun, I thought, um, like, if you couldn't play the bass, mm-hmm. what would you do? What would your job be?
1: Oh, I'm not qualified for anything else. Well, so I, I know, you know, but then you'd obviously
0: <laughs> have to maybe get trained on something like you know, say you lost an arm. Well, I, I don't want to say that because then that would limit you in other yeah, ways. Yeah, but exactly, but, but you, know. you
1: know, yeah, some kind of you know physical thing that didn't allow me to play bass anymore. That's a yeah. That's I, I guess I should have a contingency plan. You know, well, I mean, I'm
0: just thinking, what's something that you would be interested in? Like, yeah, you know, well, golf? I th- would you yeah, like be a professional golf, golfer? Yeah. Or like, you know. Um,
1: judo master Yeah, well, oh, no, I mean I always have my hobbies, you know. It's always music and something else, you know. Mm-hmm. Right now, I guess it's not a hobby, but you know, ra- raising a kid is taking up a lot of my time. Mm-hmm. So so that's my thing right now, but uh um but you know, in in the past um and before my knees gave out, I was a pretty heavy duty runner, you know. I was mm-hmm. doing a lot of half marathons and 30k's and working my way up to Marathon before my niece said N- not so much. Oh yeah, so that's a shame. And before that, I was into astronomy. Before that, I was into something like it's always it's always something, you know. Um, and so it's never said anything I would make a career at, but but um, it always keeps me uh, interested in in life, and you know, yeah. always kind of trying to learn and have new experiences outside of music. Yeah. Um, but if I couldn't play music, I'm I mean I, I think I would still have to do something within the music industry, um, you know maybe. Maybe I could teach, or maybe I could like. I mean, I I, I love teaching now mm-hmm. uh, as well. But uh, you composer, know, maybe co- composing. You know, yeah. Um, you know, even even sales. You know, mm-hmm. with, with, with because I I just I I you know I love music. I love musicians. I love this. Uh, this this industry so mm-hmm. yeah so yeah that that if if i couldn't play i would do something mm. music related mm. yeah.
0: and w- one more thing uh what about balancing a baby in in the bass i have a special
1: <laughs> selfish interest in that question <laughs> right, but yeah yeah has,
0: how's that been it's a big change right
1: it is a big change yeah. well but your yeah. life is gets turned upside down when, when there's a kid um and i don't mean that to sound negative because it's not it's i mean it 's a it 's a cliche to say that it's the best thing that 's ever going to happen mm-hmm. to you and it 's true it's it it absolutely is and um the way it 's affected my music career is that it 's focused me a lot because now like before I was just like, ah you know if I get some gigs and you know that 's great, and if not pff, whatever you know yeah but now it 's it 's like this oh this is for real there 's somebody depending on me now um and uh so uh so I want to you know. Be as good as I can, as successful as I can, uh, for him, you know, to to you know, to provide you know, yeah. like you know, totally. money for him and everything. But I also, you know, kind of will want. I want him to be proud of me later on, you know, say that's my dad. He was really successful is what he did. He kind of went into a difficult um, career and was was successful at it. And I want my kid to see that that's a possibility, you know. Mm-hmm. And if you work hard and if you're honest about something, then you know then you can be successful at it and you can enjoy your life you Mm -hmm. know Um, so it's it's things like that but um, as far as like more practical things go like being a musician is actually pretty great for raising a kid especially when you have a partner Um, you know my wife Stacy she she works full time and that actually works out quite well because I'm home usually home during the day Right. And then uh then we'll kind of tag team, you know, she'll get home from work and I'll I'll head out uh to play a gig or okay. whatever, you know. Right. Um Yeah, and during the days like my parents are around and they look after the kid or you know, we'll, we'll work our schedule. Out, uh Stacey and I will work our schedule at mm-hmm. so that uh you know, that you know that won't be an issue, but it, but it's great. You know, being mm-hmm. a, a musician and raising a kid is uh, right. is good. That's great. So yeah. it drives your musical focus. You're like, yeah, I want to be the yeah. best
0: fucking bass player that I can possibly be for this little kid. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's great.
1: Yeah. No, it, 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 it's good. Yeah. And and yeah, there's nothing that's not amazing and wonderful about having a kid. So mm. you know. So that's great. Keep that in mind. Yeah. <laughs> All right, musicians. Yeah. Everyone have babies. Yeah. Have as go many babies as you can. Yeah. Go for it. It's gonna be great. That's right. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Awesome. yeah uh, well, yeah, man. This has been beautiful. Yeah, really fun. Yeah, um, absolutely. Do you want to? How about we play another tune? And, Let's do it. Uh, yeah, we can call it a day. Let's. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Yeah. All right. Um, you got to play the melody for us. You all right, play a melody for us. I'll do something with the. Uh, with the bow. Oh, the boat. Nice.
1: Let's do my romance. Okay. Yeah. Nice. B flat. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, kinda slowish and pretty you know, yeah. (sighs) Nice. (laughs)
0: I wanted to go up the minor third. Oh right, but yeah, I didn't. I didn't want to. Oh yeah, but I was didn't want to risk it. No, that, yeah,
1: <laughs> that would've been cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> next time. Next time, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you very much. Hey Nathan, thank Beautiful. you very much. You yeah.
0: Know. Nice. Nice to play with you. And thank you. Thanks for listening to the Body Electric podcast. My name is Nathan Hiltz, and uh, my guest this week was Ross McIntyre. Um, I'm very excited for next week because I'm going to be talking to another great bassist, John Maharaj, for episode nine. And then for episode 10, uh, we have a very special guest, the undisputed heavyweight champion of jazz guitar in Toronto and in Canada, I'd say, uh, Reg Schwager. Um, if you have any questions for John or Reg, you can visit me on Twitter, at Nate Hiltz, N-A-T-E-H-I-L-T-Z, and use the hashtag, uh, B-E Ask John, or B-E Ask Reg. That's B-E for body electric. And I'll do my best to get your questions answered. Uh, thanks so much for listening and, uh, I'll see you next week. Bye.